That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wynn. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. Welcome to Bat Force Radio. This is a Batman slash DC podcast with no limits. And at this point, this is probably the most thorough Batman podcast out there right now. Because this is a podcast run by a a group of friends from pretty much every major city in North America that um, are pretty passionate about the character and Gotham mythology as well as DC in general. But we pretty much cover everything from old comics to new comics to movies, video games, animation, collectibles. And a lot of food. And food. Because who the fuck doesn't like food? <laughs> and this is our little rebirth pilot because it needed an update. And we got some OGs. We got, you know how like uh, Green Lanterns have the Guardians around that force field. And they have, I mean, that's pretty much us right now. We got all the OGs in here tonight. Bad Force Tom over in sunny California. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> Robin Cross up in Canada. Jones barbecue and foot massage. <laughs> Grandpa <laughs> Batman over in Texas. He stole my line. I was going to sing that. <laughs> and the pilot episode, this reboot, is pretty much just explaining what um, we are at this point. But it's a little different because now we could, uh, we have, uh, what we got? We got like 120 episodes on there on belt so far. So, um, Holy that's shit. Crazy. Right? So you can go how, through. How, how none of us have died yet? Oh, <laughs> jeez. Hey, don't say that. We, got, well, we, we don't know it for certain. Yeah, I guess. So, yeah. Uh, but, I did um, eat a chili dog tonight, so if I drop <laughs> off, shoot. I'm having a heart attack. And SoundCloud and iTunes is where you can find us, and we have playlists. We have playlists of uh, the interviews we've done, and some of those are um, Batman writer Scott Snyder, uh, the great legendary Paul Dini, who was the father of Harley Quinn and wrote the animated series, a comic artist David Finch, um, modern comic Batman writer Tom King, and just just, you know, so many people like uh, Jason Faba, Christina Wren from uh, the Man of Steel movie, uh, Kevin Porter, the People's Batman, you know, personal friends like um, uh, Matt McNabb from Legions of Gotham was like an OG Batman fan, Meredith Finch, John Samariva, Matt Manning, uh, Charles Soule, and so on. And even voice actors like your Wonder Woman, Susan Eisenberg and uh, Poison Ivy is Tasia Valenza. Plus, we have a huge lineup of interviews from the industry that has everything to do with Batman and DC coming up uh, within the near future. Podcast is this? I gotta listen. This yeah, sounds great. I was just gonna say that it sounds like a pretty good show. I gotta listen to some of these episodes. And, uh, <laughs> and if you go to our playlist for Batman story arcs, we covered a lot so far. You know, you know all the essentials like Batman Year One, Long Halloween, Dark Knight Returns, uh, and so on and so forth. We even did an episode about how to start reading Batman if you're new to reading Batman. So we got that in there too, and we also uh, tend to try to cover uh, the whole DC universe in general as well. Like an afterthought of Batman. You know, last time we did this, we we all talked about how we all first started to get into Batman. Tom, you want to retell the great story of the uh, the Joe the smoking Joe Frazier punch? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I am about the age where um, probably right around I would say uh, some of the listeners might be or things I was introduced to. I would say a lot of people uh, currently at age of uh, 
being able to buy this, you know, because I think we're all around the same age now where we came, we grew up uh, with the animated series or the 66 show. Um, we're all grown up kids who now have the ability to kind of uh, dive deeper into the um, fandom of, you know, DC and Batman. And I was a kid who originally, I think I had some exposure to the 66 show. Um, it was already um about 20 years you know after it was syndicated so it was you know 20 years after it had uh, aired um so it was very popular and then right as i was coming up uh the 89 movie came out and uh i was three years old when that came out and that completely changed my world and i remember very specifically probably one of my and i don't even know if i was i think i was actually a couple of months away july i was a month away from my three my third birthday because uh 89 uh, premiered in July, and uh, I remember going to the Cinerama Dome in Hollywood, and they had this projection of the bat, sig the bat signal onto the uh, black screen, so it was like a white projection of the bat symbol on the white screen, and I just remember walking into this, this gigantic Cinerama Dome in Hollywood on Sunset Boulevard with my parents. To let you know, three year old kids walking in to this giant theater seeing this crazy symbol projected on the screen. I don't even really remember watching the movie that day, but I do remember just feeling like this is something big. This is something crazy. And I remember coming out of the movie and like just, you know, jumping and kicking and wanting to be Batman, pretending to be Batman. Flash forward to probably a couple of weeks later, I'm in the driveway of my house and someone had given me like a pair of boxing gloves to play with. So I had these like I had one pair of boxing gloves. So I would put the right glove on and my dad would put the left glove on. Uh, but, you know, my dad would never actually hit me. He just allowed me to kind of like pretend box with him. You know, I wasn't really smacking my dad or anything. I just pretending. So we're in the backyard one day and we're messing around pretending like, you know, slap boxing, whatever. And then, uh. You know, my dad's like, you know, my dad's letting me kind of be rough with him. And my dad's really not doing much. And so I'm like, I'm the man or, you know, I'm pretending like to be somebody. And my dad's like, and I'm dad, dad, you have to pretend to be somebody. Pretend to be a bad guy. He's like, well, who do you want me to be? I'm like, be a bad guy. He's like, all right, fine. I'm the man. And I'm like grabbing him by his neck. And I'm like, what man? What man are you? What man? <laughs> I'm the man that killed Batman. And my dad tells the story that my face went pitch white. Just fucking like my mouth open, jaw dropped. And I cocked back and I fucking smacked my dad as hard as I could <laughs> with my gloved hand. Your and like blind. my dad says, he turned yeah, my dad Joey says he Diaz saw at that moment, little kid. <laughs> what? What did you say? Huh? And I, I like popped him right in the nose and my dad said he saw stars and he's like, what the hell? And he realized that day that he told my uncle later, he's like, I realized the line I can't cross with my son. I can't mess around with saying, you know, I'm going to kill Batman. So that was just kind of how serious I took it from that age. Uh, right after that, obviously, um, Batman Returns came out, I think, in 93. Was it 92 or 93? I can't remember. The animated series was close after. So it's like, you know, 89 came out. Then you got the Returns. Then you got the animated series. So it's just like, boom, boom, boom. It was almost as if it was programmed to always be kind of in the DNA of, of, of me. So ever since I was a little kid, man, that's kind of how I got into it. The Burtonverse, the animated series, on through... High school, I was more kind of like, you know, movies and, and bigger media. Forever came out, loved Forever. Obviously, I didn't get into it as much as the first two, but I still loved it. Batman and Robin came out. I think everyone knows how everyone felt about that. For a while, to be honest, I think I had that, like, uh, general distaste for Batman and media uh, because of what happened to Batman and Robin. I, I Even at that young age, uh, 
I don't know if I, I can't remember if I was in high school or whatever, but I remember just not wanting to see him interpreted anymore because I was afraid of being uh, let down. And I remember going into comic shops around the time that um, I, I, don't, I can't remember if it was single issue or if it was being released in trade, but I very specifically remember Nightfall was like the big thing in the comic shops. I was still young enough to be afraid of the artwork. Kelly Jones's artwork literally scared me and kept me from reading Batman comics. So I stayed away from comics because of that. I stayed away from Batman. And just in general, like I was always like afraid of like... Because of that, I like uh, started reading the first comic I think I ever bought myself was um, Web of Spider-Man. And it's the issue where fucking Peter and Spider-Man is my favorite Marvel character. I bought my first issue of Spider-Man, bring, bring it home. I think I was visiting somebody in the hospital and they had it on a spinner rack in the gift shop. I open it up, I read it, and fucking Peter Parker dies. <laughs> and Ben Riley, then the actual true Spider-Man. It was during his middle of the clone saga and i remember thinking like what the fuck like i just bought this comic my first comic book i ever bought with my money and my favorite character dies like comic books are bullshit so that kept me from comics for a very long time eventually i got back into it i think uh around the time that um hush was coming out and again i can't really remember if it was single issue or trade but uh the artwork i think everyone knows jim lee's artwork is like very um uh, friendly like it's it's perfect for anyone to jump into like that kind of uh, medium of comics. Like it's just, so you can put it on a lunchbox, looks awesome. Put it on a water bottle, looks awesome. In a comic book, it looks awesome. So that artwork just like really brought me back into it. I started, you know, reading a little bit after that. Um, right after that, I think uh, Morrison was writing the big Batman books. That confused the shit out of me, as it did many other people. So I still didn't really get into that because of Morrison. But eventually, I think I ended up reading um, some more of Morrison. And I finally figured out what was kind of going on. And then what really kicked everything else off was like collecting all that uh, Comic-Con, man. I think going to Comic-Con and um, seeing that, uh, to be honest, the hunt for uh, Batman animated by Paul Dini and uh uh, Bruce Tim, I've been looking for a reasonably priced hardcover or a soft cover, I think, of that book, probably for the better part of like 15 years. And uh, that book's been out of print probably for that long a time. I specifically went to Comic-Con the first time looking for it. And I, every year it would be just, I got to find that book. I got to find that book. Obviously, people were wanting crazy money for it or it just wasn't being sold because it's so good. And I ended up just kind of going after other like Keaton items or uh, animated series things. And then I just kind of like lost interest in just trying to find that. And then, um, yeah, man, just going to Comic-Con with some friends. And it's the same uh, couple of friends to even up until this year, a uh, buddy from college of mine. So that's pretty much that's where I got into it. Uh, right now, I'm I'm loving the fact that um, because of how I got into it, uh, Batman White Knight speaks to me 100% on many different levels because I think uh, the writer artist, Sean uh, Murphy, uh, came up around the same time and fell in love with the exact same things that I did. And that is easily translated. And you can tell for sure that comes out in his book right now. So it's almost I, I'm getting the feeling of what I was like at a, as a kid in that comic book. Now it's like a, a second awakening. So definitely if anybody's listening that hasn't checked out White Knight, you got to check it out because it's amazing. But that's pretty much my story. I like the parallel of, of how you came out of the 89 Batman movie, punching and kicking and wanting to be Batman. And fast forward to like two years ago, you came out of Dawn of Justice, punching and kicking and wanting to be Batman. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another thing is is uh, when Dawn of Justice came out, I think the first thing I thought of, like the first, like what, because I, I was able to see uh, an advanced screening of it. Luckily, um, they had that thing where it leaked because uh, some South American trailer for some movie or I don't know what was going on, but they leaked it from South America. It was a really shitty cell phone quality 
and Snyder was pissed off. So then released it digitally and said, okay, for the real fans, you get to register. And on this date only across America is an opportunity to go see the teaser trailer in theaters. So I was lucky enough to hop on and get a ticket for that, showed up to that. And as you showed up, you know, you're hearing whispers and rumors and all of a sudden people start handing out um, these tickets and they're in these Warner Brothers badges or jackets. And you look at the ticket and it says, as a thank you to coming to this event, you are uh, hereby awarded one ticket to come see Dawn of Justice the Monday before its premiere. So it was like, you get to see it before the world premiere. You get to see it even before the stars get to see it on the red carpet. And I remember coming out of that fucking premiere and not being able to spoil anything for anybody. But my, how do I explain this Batman or this movie to people? And the one thing I could think of, it's fucking Keaton on steroids, dude. Like, it's 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 Keaton's Batman on fucking steroids. And that's the first thing I thought of. And I still see that that's what uh, <clears throat> that portrayal is. And Donald Justice Batman being a combination of uh, some of uh, the cinematic comics, heavily uh, inspired by Frank Miller. And it's a, it's a sad day when uh, we saw that version of Batman uh, die, when uh, he's hanging off the tower of, uh, I don't know, whatever the fuck that was, in some Eastern European country, shooting some parademons, smiling as Superman came back. I love I, I love Justice League for different reasons, and I don't mind it so much. I just hope Ben comes back and gives us that same Batman again mm. from Dawn of Justice, hopefully. Mm. But we'll see. I remember we did a poll to, to ask a lot of people um, about how they first got into Batman. There was a lot, a lot of people, we got like out of like hundreds of responses and a lot of people said uh, Batman the Animated Series got them in. A lot of people said Batman, a 1989 movie with Michael Keaton. A lot of people said the 66 show. Um, yeah. It's a lot of media ways. A lot of people said Nightfall from the 90s. That was a big deal. Pinterest. That's another way. I remember there's so many different ways to get into it. My, my first memory of Batman was, I think, like in the 80s when I was in, uh, this, I guess it was Woolworth or I think it was the farm. Oh, no, maybe the pharmacy. Um, and they would sell toys, you know, and there was a little small toy section, the pharmacy. So kid, so parents would get their kids a fucking toy while they wait for the fucking scripts to be filled, you know, so they shut the fuck up and everything. And uh, I remember that's when they had the superpowers figures. And I think it was oh. a Brainiac, Robin, Superman, Batmans. So I got the yeah. Batman. I think it was like four. 99 that figure uh, seals like 300 dollars now these days and uh so yeah, it was a superpowers figure the blue and gray batman figure so cool yes um that's what, the first what memory. year did that come out oh uh, they came there were different waves of them. yeah the, through the mid 80s to the late 80s it was like waves of them there's like a, like if you look at the back okay. of the card uh, there's a way to i think goes by how many images of characters are on the back of the card and then that's how they like describe which version it is or what. So then there's there's potentially like four or five versions of that Batman figure. Waves. Even Waves, though it's, it's the, the same, same thing. Yeah. yeah. And I remember shout out to Paul Harding, who's a sculptor for DC Collectibles, who was on the show, and uh, he mm -hmm. uh, he pretty much opened one live on his podcast about uh, yeah. toys, and I'm like I'm like oh. <laughs> Batman <laughs> just, and just tore like a three hundred dollar old eighties. <laughs> That little yeah. action figure, he just he just he not, not like he was not being easy with it either. He just tore that no. motherfucker open, dude. Like he not tore like, that not, shit open like Joey Diaz tears just, open a fucking yeah. you know <laughs> bag of Cheetos, dude. Like, bear claw, <laughs> like going for a top, like a box of donuts, with a bear claw in the middle. <laughs> tore it open like Joey Diaz tears up a heckler. <laughs> <laughs> the video games, the Arkham series, specifically Arkham Asylum, I think was like a huge rejuvenation for a lot of people too. Colossal, yeah, uh, because there. Like, there wasn't any movie, I don't think, or TV show out even recent. Uh, maybe maybe Batman Begins. I can't remember the timeline as far as 
when the when uh, Asylum came out. But I remember that um, I, again. I don't know what like just being a fucking asshole uh, uh, know it all. I, I didn't want to play the game because I'm like, nah, dude, I don't want to play a Batman game and it be lame. Like, you know, I, I don't want I don't want to ever be disappointed by Batman, so I'm not gonna play it. it took me a while to play Arkham Asylum, but when I did. Um, I hadn't realized that Deanie wrote the story. So all of the rogues, uh, all the characters, Batman included, were voiced by many of the actors from the animated series. So it felt like the animated series coming to life in video game form. And I remember thinking at the time, like, this is absolutely incredible. Like, I felt like a little kid watching the animated series for the first time again. And I really think that, um, I don't know what you guys think, but just as much as the movies, it feels like sometimes the games have as much hype and as much interest. And I see as many posts uh, from people who are just really influenced by it and even kids getting into it just from video games. And that's 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 huge, you know, especially when it's yeah. a, a great game that has a great writer. Yeah, the, the gamers, like, there's so many gamers out there. That's a whole different sector of, like, especially with the new generation, too, and just, like, just billion-dollar yeah, industry. I mean, that's a good gateway as well for a lot of people to get into and, that, man. Much and uh, especially uh, the, the way games are now with how everything is based online, uh, games get the same or even a longer longevity uh, than movies because, you know, when a movie comes out, it has its time in the theater yeah. where everyone's talking about it, going to see it, and then it's quiet, but then it comes back when it comes out on Blu-ray and, you know, comes with this collector's edition and everything, so everyone's talking about it again. So it gets that mm. second life, but video games now get that too because the video comes out, has its big release, everyone's going crazy and picking it up and talking about it, and then after the game, you know, after that has died down, then it starts getting its DLCs come on online to you know you can download new missions and and add this and add that so it, it gets that second life too so it extends the life that's uh that, that's a hot topic hey d tell uncle joey what dlc means like dig clicking cutie cuties and uh, some shit like that <laughs> Ooh, exactly uh, yeah <laughs> so it's a, that downloadable chew cheeto man oh yeah you know, downloadable cheeto. you know what else is big too is um injustice is colossal for yeah. uh uh, gateways for people to get into DC because uh, fighting games are massive even today. They, they've always had this um, this demographic. Fighting games are always big for certain groups of people that play in a... There's a lot of people that are into them, especially with these tournaments and everything and like Injustice and Injustice 2. It's colossal because it, it spawned a widely successful comic book series. But not only that, but Jeff Johns is one of a few creative consultants that worked with uh, NetherRealm Games to develop these Injustice uh, DC fighting games. And they are so accurate as far as Batman and DC mythology is concerned that these kids learn about these characters and their stories just by playing the fucking game because there's story mode as well. You know, I mean, when, when you're able to play as the Trocitus and Dexter pounding the shit out of someone and learn about the Red Lanterns, like, you know, that's that's um, you know, that's definitely another segue into like getting into DC universe. Usually at least 33 percent of the game is made of a Batman characters, So. That's another segue we have now, too. So many ways now. Like, there were a lot of ways when we were younger and got into it, but now it's just, you can't walk down the street without getting hit in the fucking head with, you know, superhero pole or whatever. Like, I literally, on average, roughly, I'll see one Batman shirt a day. There's always some, every day, there's mm -hmm. always somebody out there in the world from any age group. We're talking mm -hmm. 5, 10 to 60. Like, you're going to just, I always see some kind of Batman shirts. Can't really escape right. these days. Nothing, you can't escape, but it's nothing wrong with it either because it's, for the most part, it's quality material. I heard Gramps got into Batman from uh, checking out Gotham memes on uh, 
Instagram. Is that true? Well, actually, it was from The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, thought, I, thought, I thought it was from uh, grabbing a five-cent copy of Detective Comics 27 when the when that came out <laughs> oh man have, have, have you guys ever seen the m- movie lawnmower man yes that's, well that, that's grams and his overalls working for that money to buy a dark night return <laughs> grams has a cool story to get it was meant to be with the way grams first got into batman sure i guess you know you know as a kid they had like saturday morning cartoons and always superpower friends super friends were was always my favorite and then we'd go to my grandmother's house that was the only time that i was able to watch the 66 batman so we'd go there for the weekend and i'd watch batman you know 66 with adam west the entire time and then you know i i wanted to as a kid uh, i love to draw and, and be creative and stuff like that so comic books really took you know tried to i tried to learn how to draw by what I saw in comic books and stuff like that. And I kept seeing this advertisement for Dark Knight Returns. Of course, this is, this is before the Keaton movie came out. I kept seeing this advertisement for Dark Knight Returns, Dark Knight Returns, an aged Batman. And I'm like, why? I'm, I'm just like thinking, why would you make him old? Why would Batman quit? Batman would never quit. I really loved Norm Brayfogle's run in Detective Comics. And I kept seeing this, you know, advertisement like they would do in the books about Dark Knight Returns. So my little, you know, I had my allowance money, but I'd also mow neighbor's yards and save up, you know, all my lawnmower money. And every time we go to uh, like the mall, do you guys remember that bookstore called Walden Books? Oh, oh yeah, man. Man, cool. it was like it was like Walden Books and KB Toys were the two places I would just run anytime we'd go, you know, to to the mall. You know, they had the leather bound Frank complete Frank Miller with the Dark Knight Returns and I was like I was like wow this is $35 how am I going to get $35 I better save up all my lawnmower money so I had to save up all my you know and I'm like mowing these people's lawn for like $5 you know so I mean it took me a couple months to to save up over the summer and like one of the ladies that I had to mow her lawn she was like this nasty big fat lady and she smoked a lot of cigarettes and stuff and like She'd make me go in the house to get the money, and she had like this little poodle. And I was like, "This dog is gonna die from emphysema. I already know it." And I was <laughs> like, "Can I just take the money from the porch? I mean, do I have to come inside?" Ugh, it was disgusting. Mm-hmm. So I really suffered for that to get that book, but I finally got that that book that totally changed, and it really it really was like the foundation of what I saw Batman because you know I I'd been watching Batman sixty six for so long you know and it was campy and goofy and and fun but then when i read that story i was like this is batman this is who this guy would seriously be and and and, you know if you you know the story i i saw the the relationship you know kind of between the two because you know in the first half of the story he's in his blood his blue and gray suit he kind of looks a little bit like Mm. you know that suits a little bit like adam west and you're like you know he comes back and he's dressed in his blue and gray suit and then he gets his ass kicked and then he really flips and goes dark and puts on this you know black and gray suit and at first i didn't like the black and gray suit because it wasn't what i was used to seeing it wasn't what i was used to seeing in batman 66 or the super friends or the comics i was like why is he wearing black then i started realizing you know this was like his original suit back in back in the late thirties and forties and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, this is what he means by the dark night returns. So, uh, I mean, that really formed my, 
my foundation for how I see the character. And then, you know, the next book that I read was Arkham Asylum, A Hell on Earth by Grant Morrison. And that really blew my mind. That was those two books right there. I was just like, holy shit, this guy, he's insane. He really is insane. And I loved it. Yeah. Nice. But uh, would you say that uh, your first purchase of uh, of Dark Knight Returns was worth all of those mowing those lawns and risking <laughs> emphysema and come on inside and have a really hard candy? Yeah, I was just like, oh my <laughs> gosh, dude! Some, oh my gosh! Some nice lemonade on the porch when you between breaks, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. And then and then finding out years later it was the second edition. Oh, oh goodness! Robin broke didn't, my didn't heart. Didn't you get thrown on probation for that? Like bad force probation? <laughs> like there was an investigation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Robin there was, there was Russian collusion. <laughs> Russian collusion on his. He, he was like, open the... to it. But then, but then everyone on my investigation team was mysteriously fired, and everything just went away. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting, Gramps. That's like you know, talk about starting from the bottom. You know, you used to you used to mow lawns to on Batman. Now you kick back, reading Batman, sipping on a sweet tea, watching your lawn get mowed. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. That's exactly right. Every Thursday, I get to come home and watch my wife finish mowing the lawn. <laughs> Circle of life. <laughs> I I purposely work a little later on Thursdays, so I. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. Sh- and uh, Robin, you got into Batman with a certain Batman comic book cover by uh, Todd McFarlane. I think we have Todd McFarlane in the in the building tonight. Is there? Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe we'll see. Play your cards right after the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> which 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 uh, cover was uh, it? Rob? Yeah, my very fr- well pre getting into the comics though, I I did have uh, I grew up with exposure to Batman from uh, the the Adam West series and you know whatever other cartoons and stuff were were re-airing. Similarly to you, I had that that old school pharmacy spinner rack experience. So my first ever comic book was Batman 423 with that Todd McFarlane cover, you know, with Batman mm. in front of the. You know, he's in front of the moon, holding the, cradling that girl, and his cape's flying in all kinds of crazy directions, but it it looks so good that you don't care that it doesn't make sense. And that, it's sort of a good, for its time, it was a good comic to be your first one to check out. Like, I still have that original copy that I got, you know, this was... 88 89 that came out uh so for for its time and you know maybe it'll still hold up now for for some readers but that book was about i think it was three different cops that were giving accounts of the time that they saw batman uh so it's it's three different stories that are showing completely different sides of batman so that's that's a really good way to get in you know because you see okay he's not just this he's not just that you know he he, he's all of these things so that's that's a good way to get in so between having seen uh like the campy side of stuff uh in the adam west show and then you know the the cartoons but then getting initiated into the comics with something that that shows all those different sides of him of who he is in the comic world uh, that that was a great way to uh, to step into that yeah batman really i mean to me he's more than just you know a favorite comic book character he's actually you know kind of an ambassador because he's introduced me to you know friends that i've made he's introduced me to uh you know comic creators you know i grew up in a place you know, very small town. And I never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that I would meet, you know, Frank Miller or Norm Brayfogle or Scott Snyder or Greg Capullo, any of those guys. They was just like, 
those are guys that create these fantasy books that I buy and want to be like because artistically they they draw these awesome images and tell these stories and I wanted to I wanted to maybe do that at one point but never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that I would like meet those people or meet people with similar interests that you know I could talk about these things and and um you know share similar stories about or compare notes and and learn from so you know batman's more than just you know a figure on paper he's he really is kind of a universal ambassador for people well, you for did, me at least you did survive a terrorist attack on <laughs> batman day that, that's the, that that's is the way to in, do it <laughs> in in new york city in, in gotham in gotham yes yeah, yeah, that's true oh shit grumps so you remember what your first experience with batman was how to be uh is the tv show or the the Migo dolls i had a bunch of those Oh, yeah. the Migos. Well, you still got them, right? They just named, renamed the Mezco then. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so, you did the 66 show, you mean? Yeah, it had to be. Either, either that. I don't know if that was on when I was a kid, to be honest. I would imagine it was. Yeah, Probably it was reruns. On. Super Friends? But, yeah, my first, my earliest memories is the, the Migos and the Super Friends and... I guess Batman on Scooby-Doo, those team-up shows they would have. Yeah. Did that cement you for just wanting to buy comics from then on? Because you've been, you've been pulling comics since the 70s. Yeah, you know, like what it was, was obviously back then you didn't have, uh, you know, you had to watch the shows, whatever, when it was on TV. So in order to get more Batman, you know, I had the toys, the Migos, and then my mother would, uh, you know, we would go to, like, the, the newspaper store, uh, you, you know, uh, you know, Bat Post Times in, in New York, they used to be all over, so then I would go there to get my Batman fix, and uh, I wasn't reading the comics, but I was looking at the pictures, and every time we'd go to the store, I'd get a different comic. Yeah. I used to get a lot of, a lot of my earliest comics were the Brave and the Bold, for some reason, uh, I don't know. Mm. I guess because they had different heroes, you know, Batman was the different hero that I've never seen before. Yeah, the good old days. I miss those newsstands and stuff, magazines. This, you know, you walk in there, the smell of print and ink. Yeah, and cigar. And cigar. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Oh, now it smells like... And me. Fucking variant covers. Fresh <laughs> covers. Everyone got the same shit. I miss, <laughs> the, I miss the smell of newsprint comics, man. I miss, yeah. like cheap dirty amazing musty smell of comic books man people never know man remember that gramps when they first invented the printing machine and the <laughs> Back in my day, <laughs> my earliest comics were uh, somebody gave me a Batman, a Metamorpho, Brave and the Bold. There's a, a Batman fighting a Firebug. I think that was Detective Comics. Uh, I can't remember, but uh, I remember Firebug on the cover. That was you know, pretty cool. Was there like um, one specific artist or one specific issue that that you remember most as being your favorite? I said, you know, just it, it seemed like. As a kid, like Jim Aparo drew everything. He'd, you know, brave in the bold, and then he'd be on Detective, and then he'd be on Batman. It just seemed like he was that guy, you know. I, I don't think him. they let that guy ever leave the leave the office. No. <laughs> and Danny O'Neill too. If he wasn't writing, then he was editing. Yeah, Grum, you're pulling comics when Bill Finger was around. Jeez. <laughs> R.I.P. Oh yeah, the legend. <laughs> Back, back when everyone thought Bob Kane was drawing his own shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Batman. It never gets old for some well, reason. And they, he's always evolving. They're always evolving the character. Well, and give uh, give give uh, give the Frank Miller quote. 
Okay. Uh, the 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 bat <laughs> the Batman is like a diamond one. Yeah, I mean, what did he say about Batman? He's like he's kind of like a diamond. You can always throw him down on the ground and do whatever, but you know you can't break him. That's that's one good thing about the character is that you know even though he's in the comics, he's just a man. He's just a uh, a human. He has no superpowers and stuff like that, but he's so adaptable and you know just as much as like how superman is a symbol of you know hope and goodness and stuff like that i don't know in a way i kind of think that batman is too because he kind of instills a belief that us as everyday people we can be better than just ourselves if we have something that we believe in something symbolic something some kind of ideology that we can be better than just being a person we can be a symbol ourselves and, uh, he's like a deep dish boy He's like a deep dish. He's, that's just soup. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to start a fight now. <laughs> For any new listeners, just hit us up on the Bad Force on Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, iTunes. We're all over the place. You know, we work very close with DC Comics. We've been doing it for a while now, and uh, it just never gets old. So, uh, And just to confirm, if there's any um, confusion, uh, the Bad Force members are Robin Cross up in Canada, the Bad Force Times and the Grumpler over in New York City, Bad Force Tom and Legends of Lego Batman over in California. Grandpa Batman in Texas. The Trunkler in Chicago. And Arkham Asylum LPC over in uh, Dirty Jersey, New Jersey. Yeah, so, so yeah, you know what would be cool is to actually maybe put up a poll at some point or a couple of different polls to see what got uh, listeners or what got uh, some of the followers on Instagram into Batman because I'd be interested to see. Um, I think what cemented it was the uh, the movies and the and the TV show, but technically, what got me into it was '66, and I w- I would beg to I mean I, I would think that '66 probably had a hand in maybe most people's like first exposure to Batman. I would think. Yeah, like a lot of old um, school people. Because oh. it was so it was so massive. It was such like a massive yeah. phenomenon. The and, old generation, and, and even if not directly, like you have to. It's it's like music. Even if yeah you aren't into a certain artist, you know, an artist that you're into was inspired by them and they in turn yeah. were inspired by someone before them. Yeah. A, a lot of the people that wrote the stuff that got, that got us into it probably, you know, came up on, uh, on some aspect of, of the character that you didn't get into it through. If the show didn't happen when it did and the comics didn't take the turn when they did, you know, cause when the show ended, the comic sales dropped, so then they started changing things back to to respond to people not picking up the comics anymore. If that didn't happen, and Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams didn't do what they did at that time, maybe we don't get Frank Miller uh, creating Dark Knight Returns when he did, and in turn, everything that that inspired. So many things don't happen. It's such a chain reaction, because you could link it all together. So it was like Bob Kane and Bill Finger built the house. O'Neill, Denny O'Neill and, and Neil Adams had respond to it. You you bring in Neil Adams, who anatomically correct Batman, everything groundbreaking. Now now you have Neil Adams in the game, established, and eventually Neil Adams is the one. Not only did he help Frank Miller draw better, but he got Frank Miller his first job. So then he's like, in in a sense, it's like passing the torch along the timeline, for Frank Miller to be one of the well, as far as Batman comics are concerned, Frank Miller is the biggest game changer in history. He, he changed comic books in general 
with the Dark Knight. Yeah, Returns. across across both the big two. Yeah, and people say, whoever, and people always say, "Ooh, but Dark Knight Returns is not canon." It, it's it's bigger than canon. It changed the whole landscape of comic books and the the yeah. mature, you know, the mature level of it all. Cultural then, status, man. And then with Frank Miller, there's a over a hundred creators working today that are inspired by Frank Miller. And if you don't, if you need proof, just look at all the variant covers paying homage to Frank Miller and <laughs> Dark Knight Three. That I've bought. That's like, that's not just a job. That's a pat. You could see the passion within the art and the writing. So yeah, you could see like the torch being passed throughout the timeline of Batman mythology, which is creeping up on eighty years almost. Yeah, and it never gets old. There's just so much, so many media outlets to Batman. So it's like, you know, gave birth to the Bat Force, man. Considered the biggest Batman influencer group in the world at this point, and we love it. We love interacting with Batman fans. We make friends all the time good friends uh, to connect through uh, Batman and, and DC Comics in general. We're friends with all, all the people at DC Publishing. They're great people too. They're really passionate over there. Continue to roll. We, we have the Trunkler. That's like the, that's like our Infinity Gauntlet, dude, right? Mm-hmm. Fucking Trunk. That's our, yeah. that's our Infinity Trunk. It's like gems. Yeah, instead of gems, there's slices of deep dish, boy. One from Giordano. <laughs> one from, uh, one from, uh, uh, El Nadis, one from Uno's, you know? Shit, what would, what would Joey Diaz say to the trunkler? Look, how you gonna base your entire life around eating deep dish pizza? I mean, you got a family. You got kids. You're over here taking into consideration when's the next slice of deep dish. Wake up! Smell the roses! Damn, uh, Mr. Diaz, I ain't mean no disrespect. Uh, I, I was just saying. We had a fuck as a trunkler. <laughs> Hey, Gotham Dwellers, make sure to stop everything right now and subscribe to Bat Force Radio. We can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. Don't miss out. Guaranteed to satisfy all of your Batman and DC needs.